Welcome to my podcast, Homeopathy Lee. In Homeopathy Lee, I talk about homeopathy and how you can use it yourself at home without being a homeopath. I am a homeopath, however, and um, I spend a lot of my time educating families on how to use homeopathy at home for so many different reasons. Uh, first of all, you could say that uh, uh, this is how I came into homeopathy myself. It was simply by starting to use homeopathy at home. And of course, uh, uh, then I later started to study homeopathy and I work as a homeopath today. Uh, so it was a completely life-changing event for me to get homeopathy into my life. So that is something I would like to give to you and to, uh, if possible, everybody. Uh, I think homeopathy is great to get into your home. And I think it's it's great to have uh, remedies at home so you can start treating certain things yourself. We are extremely dependent on our doctors. I'm not saying that doctors doesn't have don't have a place. Of course they do. You know they do fabulous work. Um, my own child suffered from meningitis two times actually, and I saw doctors save my daughter's life right in front of me. Uh, I absolutely, um, uh, I am the biggest fan of uh, modern acute medicine uh, for the obvious reasons, because my daughter, she made it through, not the least because of all the extraordinary care that she got in extraordinary hospitals by extraordinary doctors and nurses. Um, she was in intensive care, you know, we were, we spent more than five weeks in hospital so i know what modern medicine can do i have nothing against modern medicine and i think modern medicine has its place in my life and we should all of us should know that if we need modern medicine for an acute uh, situation they are going to be there regardless of what you have said about them on Facebook <laughs> um, so of course I am a homeopath and I am that for, for a lot of reasons uh, so I find I my experience is that there's a lot of the stuff you can deal with um, with natural medicine where you don't need to go and buy medicine that comes with a package insert that talks to you about the side effects um, so that makes me that that that's that's something that is great about homeopathy you know there's also a lot of people that feel like if that find it difficult to support big pharmaceutical companies you know and, and to to frankly, you know, support any uh, uh, anything that is huge and big and has shareholders and so on. There's a lot of us that that feels that there are some serious problems around uh, the way a lot of these corporations, they are constructed and built and present themselves. Um, so that is great to get homeopathy from that perspective, because you are uh, getting non-patented products, you know, they're super cheap and you support mostly really small companies and even when you look at the biggest homeopathic companies you know they will never be anything near Merck or let me not mention any other names but uh, it comes from uh, uh, smaller companies 
So that's a good reason too, I find, to use homeopathy. Also, we don't pollute so, uh, like uh, a lot of the on other big industries they do, simply because we use such small amounts of everything. You know, we don't have to kill thousands of animals, uh, and and or, or have like some kind of crazy wild way of farming plants. You know, that completely destroys the biodiversity and the and the soil you know and everything um so so that's another great perspective uh, an aspect of homeopathy um but then it's also what i find that is extremely important and that is that when you start learning about homeopathy then you have some tools that you can use at home and you know one of the really big eye-openers about homeopathy when you start using it. It is you can still give homeopathic remedies when the doctor tells you, go home and wait. <laughs> Who likes to go home and wait with a miserable child? You know, you want to be able to do something. And with homeopathy, when you have homeopathy at home, when you have homeopathic remedies, and when you have a kit, and when you start learning about homeopathy, then in those situations, you can actually do something. And it's a good place to start. Simply to start with those situations where the doctor says, there's nothing I can do. Go home, wait, make sure baby stays hydrated. If they remember to say that, which I'm sure they do. Um, so that's a, that's a good place to start. So there's a lot of reasons to use homeopathy, but today what I am specifically going to talk about is the coronavirus. Coronavirus is the hot topic um, and there is um, a lot to be said about it. Uh, it. There's no doubt that we need to listen to the authorities when it comes to what behavior we should have ourselves I don't think that there's any need to kind of like tease the dragon and uh, go into situations where you could get infected and possibly spread it to other people. I know that there's some people, they kind of like subscribe to the belief that it's great to be sick because then you some kind, some way train your immune system. And I would just like to comment to that, you know, I don't think that we specifically get stronger from getting sick okay you maybe with some diseases you can discuss it and you can say okay that is great that we had this disease uh, when you look at it from kind of like a historical perspective or from a of course uh, the holistic perspective that i am representing here in my podcast <laughs> um uh, but but i don't think that per se it's great for us to be sick but however we do know that we do get sick sometimes it's a part of life to get ill and and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with it either um, but it is good always to make a speedy recovery but um, i think we need to take caution and if it's being recommended that we don't go somewhere because of spreading of uh, this virus then i think it's something that we need to listen to 
I think everybody knows where my kind of like limits go and my limit goes there where somebody else will tell me what should be injected into my body or my child's body. Uh, that is a line that can't be crossed with me, but uh, uh, that's where I want to decide uh, uh, that very specifically. But if I need to change my behavior, um, then I'm fine with doing that to protect other people, most definitely. So that's one thing that we, we, we should be aware of when we talk about something, you know, a crazy topic like this. Um, also, uh, I'm not coming here with a medical perspective. I'm not coming here with trying to say that there should you shouldn't use the medical perspective and you shouldn't listen to the medical perspective. Absolutely not. Uh, when I say uh, everybody should be free to choose the kind of medicine um, that they want, then I definitely mean that. And I'm not dissing anything. But well, homeopathy is just so awesome. That is because it's always an amazing supplement. When you start using homeopathy, you don't have to take anything away that you already have. You're just adding it to the toolbox, so to say, or to the medicine cabinet. When I started using homeopathy, you know, I had a kid uh, uh, and a child that had been severely ill and had a lot of medicine, and now I just wanted to try and deal, even with some of the things that were very scary for me, I wanted to try and deal with it differently. So one of the things that, you know, children they have, they spike a fever, you want to give a remedy, you know, or you want to give something to help the child. And I was, I had my fever reducing medicine that I knew too well. Um, and where I also have to say, you know, fever reducing medication is not something um, uh, that we should use, you know, unless it's definitely necessary. Uh, one of the things that really went wrong with uh, uh, my daughter's when she, when she had meningitis, it was we went to the emergency room, and she was miserable. She was sick. They couldn't find. They couldn't see anything in her ears. They couldn't see anything in her throat, and they couldn't find anything in her urine. So that should have been a red flag to begin with. You have a very sick child, and you can't see anything, any inflammation anywhere. So where is the inflammation? Because of course you know it's there. What they did was they gave her fever-reducing medication, and I was there. We, we were there for a long time in the emergency room, maybe two hours, and I was there. I saw her, her temperature go down, and I saw her feeling better because of it. Uh, and we were sent home, but uh, actually what happened was that it was like a mask was being put on top of the real concern with my child, which was that she, at that point, was developing um, uh, meningococcal septicemia, and because of the fever-reducing medication, then you weren't able to see her symptoms before until much later, of course, and it became an absolute medical medical emergency. Um, and she ended up sleeping for many days in the hospital. Um, that was the beginning of that. Uh, so, you know, but. So, but just saying, you know, I just want to make the point that what I really want to say is, you know, if, if you have a child, your child has a fever, and then there is a certain amount of time where you will let your child have a fever before you start giving medication. 
before you start giving the medication that you're used to giving. So if let's say that you want to wait an hour and see how the temperature is developing, uh, then in that time you can prescribe the homeopathic remedies, you know, so you're not taking something away that you already have. You're just trying maybe to do something a little bit earlier and do it with a different type of medicine. And now because you are on my podcast, homeopathy, well, homeopathy is what I talk about here. So of course, uh, and, and for those of you who listen and don't know much about homeopathy, but then the great remedy for childhood fevers, that's a remedy called Belladonna. So uh, you can try and give that. And that's what I did when I started with using homeopathy. It was, I just tried these things and then it just turned out that I didn't need the fever reducing medication anymore. Um, I just started dealing with everything with homeopathy. So I just want to remind about that. Um, because I'm not s sitting here saying, hey, if you got coronavirus, this is what you should do. Uh, uh, no, that is not my stance. It's not my job. It's not my authority. Uh, uh, there's other people to do that. Uh, but the truth is that the coronavirus, uh, it actually starts with, um, with normal cold symptoms. And we have uh, fantastic homeopathic remedies to exactly this. Um, and we have other uh, fantastic homeopathic remedies where you could say it's more symptoms that feels like the flu. And I will talk to you about these. Um, and then I also just want to give you like a really simple idea on uh, how to uh, do something proactively from the homeopathic perspective. What would I as a homeopath do? And actually, what will I do? Because I am going to have to travel within the next few weeks. Uh, so, of, and I, uh, of course that is a concern and I have to think about how am I going to deal with this situation and with this virus. And uh, so I will just uh, simply tell you what it is that I'm going to do. So when I am gonna go on my trip uh, to Europe very soon and hopefully, uh, well, because I have to say, I am gonna play by ear and just see uh, how the situation develops. And of course, because I know what to do with, um, uh, with the viral infection as a homeopath, it makes me feel safer. Uh, but I'm really, really, uh, I don't want to get quarantined somewhere and have to sit God knows where and wait for two weeks before they will let me go home. That's kind of like the thing that I'm most worried about. Um, so of course, uh, here before the trip, uh, I'm stocking up on, on vitamins. I take a lot of vitamin C, uh, like really high doses of vitamin C. Uh, and I take vitamin A, uh, also just like a, a good daily, uh, some, somewhat above the daily dose of vitamin A. I take my vitamin D uh, and then I take uh, the daily recommended dose of iodine. So that's iodine is something that we have used to treat infections, you know, before lots of other great interventions and medications came along. Um, and uh, I find it a, a, that's just like a common sense baseline uh, to take in uh, 
maybe even uh, when you talk about this time of the year and when I'm recording this, we're at the beginning of March and I'm in Canada, so there's still snow on the ground and it's cold and we are, uh, even though we're getting a little bit more sun, you know, it's, uh, uh, we could get more. Uh, and then it's also a matter of, of course, to have a good diet, to, do, to get exercise. Uh, to avoid the, the obvious things, you know, like smoking and drinking, um, don't eat too much processed food, try and avoid GMOs, eat more organic, you know, those are just like common sense things that you would expect to hear from a homeopath. But on top of that, then I will take this remedy. Now I'm gonna really, really have to concentrate to try and say this right. Oscillococinum, oscillococinum. It's so difficult to say, uh, but of course uh, you will have access to a sheet that has uh, all the names of the remedies that I'm talking about here, including links how to find the remedies. Uh, so you can download that and you will have the words there. But this is one of Byron's, you know, top selling uh, homeopathic remedies. And it is absolutely amazing. It has been on the market for as many years as I can remember. I remember seeing this remedy for the first time in Italy many years ago. Uh, and, and it is proven uh, via studies that if you take this remedy, then you will get, uh, uh, then you um, will get over the flu faster. Uh, actually, it is a remedy that is made, you know, as we do homeopathic remedies, you know, we make remedies out of everything. Uh, so this remedy is actually made from liver from a duck. And uh, we have to remember the minuscule uh, proportions that we need to make homeopathic remedies. We're not talking about slaughtering a lot of ducks here. I, I don't know how many died. I guess one. <laughs> uh, but um, the ducks, of course, uh, they travel very long distances. Um, in their lifetime and they get exposed to all sorts of different viruses and bacteria and different kind of air conditions and, and so many different different conditions because they simply travel so far and of course they have to take breaks and they have to touch the ground they have to eat the food you know they it's like they get exposed to like everything we get infected to but in a radius that is just so much bigger than our own personal radius. And apparently uh, antibodies for this or memories of this get stored in the liver. And this is then resulted in this extremely successful remedy that we use for flu. So where uh, this remedy is um, uh, good for when you have the flu, then also when you you know, use homeopaths the way that we think as homeopaths. If you're stepping into an epidemic, then you might as well start treating yourself before you go <laughs> so that your body is kind of like prepared. I cannot uh, um, recommend this remedy enough. It, it, I think it should be if you have a homeopathic kit uh, uh, and you're looking for something to top up with, then this is what you want to have because you want to have this remedy when you need it. You know, you, you, because you want to be able to take it immediately. And it comes perfectly dosed as well as well. 
Uh, so it comes in, in these vials, and you take a vial every six hours um, for up, up to three times. Um, so this is something that I will take before I go out on my trip. Of course, the dangers of uh, coronavirus is that it can lead to pneumonia. But I'm not going to tell you here on this podcast how to treat that, because if this is something that you get, then you should go and see a professional. You should go and see a doctor, maybe. Uh, uh, you should go and see a homeopath, maybe. You know, you should go and see your trusted physician um, and who you know has a track record of helping you when you are ill. But let's just for... for um, to make sure, say, go and get checked up by a doctor. And even though you go and get checked up by a doctor and you get prescribed medicine, you can still go and see any other uh, alternative practitioner that you would like to. So we're not going to talk about these serious symptoms here on this podcast. I just want to tell you what you can use when you get the first cold symptoms, which have actually are the same symptoms as uh, coronavirus. Because you can treat these very, very easily yourself. You don't have to be a homeopath uh, to treat um, uh, cold symptoms. Uh, so let's start talking about this. Uh, so the first remedy uh, I will talk to you about. No, let's just first say what is the symptoms of a common cold just to be completely clear. So very often it means having a runny nose, uh, there's a cough, and you can have a sore throat and a high temperature. So those are kind of, those are the symptoms that we are looking at. And here are the different remedies and I will tell you um, a little bit about each remedy to, to kind of like help choose the right one. So the first one is Econite. Econite is a remedy that is just very good to know because this remedy is great for when you have a sudden high fever. So it means something that comes on very suddenly. So it's the first stages of a cold from drafts, chilling, shock, fright. Uh, the nose feels stuffed up. Uh, it can feel burning hot uh, and dry. Uh, but at this stage, um, there may be no discharge or there may be some watery discharge. There's some tingling and burning nose with sneezing. There's a frothing head, dry, hot throat, choking with swallowing, croupy cough, worse in cold winds. And then there is anxiety. So that means ex excess fear about minor illness and maybe even fear of dying. So this is like how we know it, you know, like the best way to recognize these symptoms. If you imagine that you have been outside and it's been really, really cold, uh, and you got cold and then you come into a very warm house <laughs> and you feel kind of like the warm entering your body and your all your skin especially your cheeks they start getting red and you start maybe getting a little bit tired in the eyes uh, you may start feeling burning hot um, after coming from the cold this is this is what Econite feels like and it is very often if not always no very often for sure that these symptoms they come after exactly that you have been cold 
Um, but then we have like a mental picture because in homeopathy, you know, we always uh, have a mental picture or not always, but, but most of the time. And it can be very useful uh, when we need to distinguish between the different remedies. And the, 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 the very important thing here about Equinite is that there is actually fear of dying or like, you know, a fear that is out of proportion to the disease that you actually have. And that is, of course, something that is very easy uh, to be tingled here with the coronavirus because of all the information that is around that. You know, so, so if you have someone uh, that describes this um, about themselves, you know, I think uh, Equinite uh, is a great remedy to uh, think of, of why not just try it. Equinite has to be given quickly for it to work. You know, this is really the remedy we say we use this for to nip a cold in the butt. And uh, that, uh, uh, but it has to be given, you know, don't, don't think too much about it. If you think mm, it may be aconite, just take it. <laughs> um, and then you will see what happens. If it is the right remedy, what will, is most likely to happen is that you will get super tired and you will go to bed and you will have a sleep and then you will wake up and you will feel great again. Uh, and of course, if you are worried about somebody that is ill when they go to sleep, maybe have them come and sleep in the couch, you know, so you can keep an eye on them. You know, I think that when you are sick and you do have a high fever uh, and you do get tired and you want to go and have rest, I think it should be done with someone present or someone that can come and check on you quite frequently. And that is, of course, because I am a mother of a child that had meningitis. So that if if you get meningitis, you need someone to see it because it happens so fast, you know. So that's just something that I always encourage too. Okay, the next great remedy uh, for uh, uh, cold symptoms is belladonna. Uh, a belladonna can look very much like uh, aconite, uh, but with the um, Aconite, uh, uh, we can always distinguish because Aconite, they are super duper thirsty. Um, but um, Belladonna, uh, they are not very, they can also be, be thirsty for cold things, or maybe they is in, in particular, they want something lemony. Um, Econite has a more extreme thirst, you know, it's not the best one to differentiate on, but there are other things. Um, with belladonna, then we have also the sudden onset. And you could say that the sudden onset may be like one stage further than econite. Uh, so again, also after getting chilled or maybe from getting overheated. And now there is a high fever with delirium. And that is, I think, one of the things that, you know, you notice you see that it is as if the disease has moved on. You know, aconite is definitely the first stages. Uh, belladonna, we are a little bit further in uh, and uh, we're going to say, oh, uh, shoot that I didn't get to give the aconite. Or maybe you just gave the aconite and now it's moved on to belladonna. You, who knows? You will have to tell me. There's bright red flushed face, hot and dry skin, glassy eyes and dilated pupils. Uh, so those are, uh, uh, that's, that's very significant, you know, if you look at the eyes, you know, some people would even say that, you know, like the glossy eyes with dilated pupils, they look, it looks 
like almost like begging for help or like like very very inviting you know um it's uh, uh, you could say that it's in in a way uh, beautiful eyes um dry skin or sweats on covered parts few chills hot head cold hands and that's another good one to look out for that even though that the head and maybe the torso is warm that you can feel that the hands and the feet may be cold and that is a definite symptom you know to look out for and and something that should make you give extra care to the patient so bright red throat and that is of course if you can look into it frapping head thirst for cool and lemon drinks worse light noise worse from light noise motion at 3 p.m worse by touch worse at night and then better from light covering so the frapping pain in belladonna is also very um something that you that um is very recognizable for belladonna it is the throbbing pain it is the um the the inflammation you can say that it's the inflammation but but still before that we have come to um uh, infection it's still it's still inflamed so those are like two remedies that are great to know uh, in all circumstances because they could be used for many things and not just of course for coronavirus uh, then we have another remedy uh, that can be good, uh, Allium sepa. Uh, this is a remedy that is made from onion. And if, when do we use this remedy in homeopathy? Well, if you know the symptoms that you experience when you chop up an onion, uh, then you know what to use it for. Uh, because uh, we use it for symptoms that looks like that. So uh, we have the nose that is running dripping it's watery maybe the discharge can feel feel a little bit uh, acidic uh, and irritate the upper lip even you know so so whatever comes out of the nose it doesn't just irritate inside the nose it actually makes the upper lip uh, red as well then violent sneezing maybe you experience that and then there can be a dull head pains and with discharge um and the eyes of course this is very recognizable they're burning and they get light sensitive and they get red um, so maybe you want to keep them closed more you know it feels better when you keep your eyes closed um, but everything all the tears or anything that discharge that comes out from the eyes it doesn't have the same effect on the eyes as it has uh, on when it, when it comes out of the nose where it makes it red um, so the discharge from the eyes is okay on the skin then you have a tickling hacking cough in cold air um, that hurt the larynx um, so here we start seeing some cough uh, coming on and maybe the, even the throat can feel constricted and what makes everything all the symptoms worse it's when you are in damp or in, in cold atmosphere or when it's in the evening in a warm room or when lying down and you feel better when you get the open air so you can kind of like switch back to the uh, thought of, of, of this chopping onion uh, picture 
uh, and see, I mean, if you're chopping onions and you were opening the window and getting some fresh air in, you know, that of course would also help you. So there's, it, there's a lot to uh, uh, draw from these pictures of the remedies. Then there is another uh, really great uh, remedy as well, which is uh, Ferrum Foss. Uh, Ferrum Foss is maybe, you know, in a way more difficult to prescribe and therefore in reality actually uh, more easy to prescribe. So if, if you have cold symptoms and it's not Aconite, it's not Belladonna, it's not Allium Sipa, well, then I would say, well, in that case, try Ferrum Foss. Uh, Ferrum Foss is uh, one of those remedies where you can say uh, one of the prescribing symptoms that you that I prescribe it on is, well, there's nothing else that fits. And we know this remedy is good for, for colds as well. It's a little bit more a discreet remedy uh, and, and doesn't have like the loud symptoms. So, you know, ferrum fuss has the symptoms, runny nose, the cough, the sore throat, the temperature, maybe not when the temperature is that high, more like a, a low temperature, but it becomes like this cold that just won't go away <laughs> and nothing seems to work on it. Uh, so so ferrum fuss is a fantastic remedy to have as well. It's a very well-known tissue salt as well. Well, I mean, it's, it's one of the tissue salts of the 12 tissue salts is there as well. And you do say that uh, regardless of what tissue salt you want to say, then you could always make that tissue salt better if you also take ferrum fuss, uh, because ferrum fuss also works with uh, bringing oxygen to the blood. So in all cases, ferrum fuss is a great remedy to take, uh, even in combination maybe with other remedies if you have cold symptoms. Okay, so we have talked about like the cold symptoms, the beginning of the symptoms, maybe when the symptoms they have moved on a little bit further. And let's just also talk about three great remedies um, to treat influenza. You know, so regardless of if it's coronavirus or, you know, just or even if it's just what we can call flu-like symptoms. We can get flu-like symptoms without having coronavirus and have to be admitted and, and all of this. Um, so in any case, these are great remedies to know. And these are remedies that are really important uh, when you look at uh, the coronavirus symptoms. So let's start with the bryonia. So when we talked about aconite and belladonna, then we had like these symptoms that um, start real suddenly and they come on suddenly and violently. That's not the way it is with bryonia. Uh, bryonia is a slow onset. There's heat and the patient sweats. There is a dry obstructed nose and pain at the root of the nose, very recognizable. There is a lot of dryness in this remedy. It's as if everything is dry, uh, even the patient is dry because the patient is extremely irritated. Um, but there is dry mouth, there is intense thirst, there is dry lips, um, uh, maybe even dry skin. It's just like everything is dry in this picture. And there is this very intense thirst. And, and when the bryonia patient drinks something, it's like they gulp a 
bottle at the time or a huge glass of water at the time. And maybe also one of the reasons why they drink so much in one go, it is because every movement is painful. But if you need bryonia, then you can be completely fine when you're just lying completely still in your bed. There's nothing moving, there's no noise, there's nothing. But as soon as you move just the slightest, then your symptoms will come back as violently as you could only feel them. So like it could be the migraine that just comes back immediately. It could be the nausea that comes back immediately. It could be just like the pain, you know, like bone pain or anything like this. So, but when you're completely still, you're okay. So you can imagine, you know, you're dry, you have a dry mouth, you have dry lips. Um, so if you, you'll wait for as long as you can before you drink something and when you get up you just like really drink a lot because you feel you absolutely need it but very important uh, with bryonia that movement always makes the symptoms worse the smallest movement nothing um, and all the symptoms come back violently um, there can be a bursting front headache and a dry cough of course and that is again the red symptoms here dryness so the the cough is dry they're irritable they worry about business and they want to go home if they're not home and it's probably because they simply want to be left alone they are not social they are not pleasant they're irritable and concerned um Yes, and the only thing that makes them better is if they rest uh, and, and get peace and quiet. Okay, so that's one uh, picture of a great remedy for the flu or for flu-like symptoms. And then the next one is a super remedy, gelsinium. gelsinium. Uh, this is a fantastic remedy in so many ways, you know. It, first of all, it's a great flu remedy for sure. But it's also a great remedy for you know the tiredness you can feel after having had the flu. So I think for those of us who have tried having the flu, we know um, how um, you know the tiredness that can come with it. So you know even though that you feel like okay I'm not sick anymore, I don't have a fever, um, I don't have a headache, you know like I don't have muscle pain. But I'm just exhausted and then maybe you try and drag yourself to work and you know you don't have enough energy to go to work but the rest of you is okay so you just drag yourself to work and do a day's work and drag yourself home and collapse that's when you need gelsinium uh, the latest <laughs> maybe you needed it before so again we have a remedy here that is where, where the symptoms come on gradually so like slowly nothing sudden or violent like with aconite and belladonna and then there's this extreme weakness just extreme tiredness maybe you feel lethargic you have the muscle pain chills up and down the spine um, but one thing that is uh, also very recognizable about this remedy it is uh, the very heavy eyelids so maybe you're even too tired to keep your eyes open just simply tired and the eyes are hanging down on the cheeks there can be a heavy dull pain in the back of the head uh, and there can be a flushed face 
Maybe there can be like a yellow tinge to the tongue even. Violent sneezing in the mornings, uh, stuffed nose or thin watery discharge. So that's the same as Equinite. It also has that. But um, the, apart from that, the symptoms are so different when we start looking at Equinite, the sudden onset, Gelsimium uh, with the gradual onset. Okay, and gelsinium, they're not thirsty, equinite are thirsty. You know, there's so many things you could differentiate these remedies on. Um, and they feel better uh, after they have been sweating or even after they have been urinating. But it's a great remedy. Maybe it doesn't fit on your symptoms when you have the flu, but it can be amazing to... to um, Get back, get the energy back up after you have been ill. And the last remedy I want to talk about uh, uh, for the flu is rust tox. Also just a fantastic remedy. Uh, rust tox is, is very good if you uh, got ill after you got wet. Uh, so that's like one of the things we know about this. And it can be a great way uh, of uh, prescribing the remedy just on that information. I have done that with great results. Okay, so fever and chills from drafts and uh, from uncovering. Uh, a tickling cough and cold sores is uh, uh, also something that we use Rostox for and chickenpox actually. So all kind of skin things that behave in this way. So if you have a cough or you have the, the flu and you get cold sores, could be a good indication of Rostox. There can be sneezing, a thick and yellow-green foul mucus. Maybe the tip of the nose is red and it's also possible there can be nosebleeds. Uh, so it could be symptoms, you know, I'm reading from a book. I will give you the title of it and I will also uh, send you a link to it on the sheet. Uh, but from getting wet, chilling uh, or chilling after overheating. A dry coated tongue um, with a red tip and that's like one of those really uh, 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 exotic um, rust tox symptoms that I have never seen in real life but uh, I do if, 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 if I uh, suspect that uh, a patient needs rust tox I will often ask them about uh, if they can go and look themselves in the mirror if it's an online consultation or if they are with me in consultation I will take a look at their tongue and then I will have them tell me if they're the tip of the tongue is red, kind of like triangular shape. And <clears throat> uh, so far, <laughs> I haven't had any luck. Uh, and I will prescribe this remedy, even though this symptom is not there. But that apparently should be like a really good uh, rust tox uh, symptom or signal. Then there is aching stiff muscles and a big need to stretch. Uh, and of course, we also use Rostox, you know, for muscle stiffness, uh, arthritis and those types of things where you wake up and you're stiff in the muscles and it's difficult to move and to walk uh, just when you get out of the car or you get out of the bed in the morning. But once you start moving, then it's the muscles, they loosen up and uh, uh, you don't feel the stiffness anymore. So that is a really important symptom in Rostox as well. So there is kind of like the inclination to stretching because that will help. And then there can be anxiety and extreme restlessness. 
The restlessness is also a big Rustox symptom. If a patient needs Rustox, then they feel worse after cold, after a rest, because they are stiff, and they will feel better for warm drinks, uh, for heat, and uh, when they do gentle motion. So those were the remedies here. So the remedies we have spoken about is Aconite, Belladonna, Alium Sipa, Ferrum Fos, Bryonia, Gelsemium, and Rustox. And then I just want to mention uh, one more uh, just fantastic uh, remedy for coughs. And that is because I want everybody to know about this remedy. This is a mixed remedy from a, um, a great homeopathic company called Nariana Remedies. I love the remedies. They have so many amazing and great mixed remedies that can be utilized so well and so easily prescribed. They have a great book you can buy with it. Um, they have a fantastic service. You know, I just love this company so much and not the least because they have this one remedy called CCA. So that stands for chest coughs and asthma. So it is a coughing remedy and it can be very difficult to prescribe for coughs. Uh, and of course, a cough after a cold or a flu can drag out for a long time, too. But this remedy, they absolutely have combined uh, the best cough remedies so that you will be almost certain to get the remedy that you want. And because coughs can be so notoriously difficult to prescribe to. So it's from Nariani Remedies and it's called CCA. But there will be link for that in the material also that is being made available for this uh, podcast. And just to mention the book uh, that I'm looking at here, uh, which I have been um, used as my using as my notes. There's so many great books out there. This one is one of my newest favorites, uh, and it is called Homeopathic Remedies: A Quick and Easy Guide to Common Disorders and Their Homeopathic Treatments. Hurrah! Very easy to use for lay people and very practical practical to have also for the professional homeopaths. It is written by Asa Hershoff, naturopathic doctor. And it even has a foreword by Jane Seymour. So that's a book that I recommend uh, and that is available um, on the most platforms where you can buy books. So I will make a link for that as well. So I hope that you found this uh, podcast uh, useful in regards to what homeopathy would have to say about the coronavirus. I am definitely grateful that you would listen to me today and I hope that uh, you will come and listen to some of my other podcasts too. Thank you for today.